Lord, we thank you that when we were lost in utter darkness, and Lord, it doesn't matter who we are. Lord, without you, we are lost in utter darkness. Lord, we're lost in our sin. Lord, I pray that you just help all those who don't know you, Lord, that they would recognize where they are, that they're lost, and Lord, they need you. So Lord, just help turn their hearts to you. Lord, just turn people's hearts to you. Lord, help them to see their condition. Help them to see where they're at, their need for you. Lord, we thank you that you love us and that, Lord, we can we can be with you, that you're with us now. And, Lord, we just thank you for your blessings. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, this time of year, I, you know, I, this is my favorite time of year. And I was, we were singing about this is my father's world. And I was just looking at the lyrics as we were singing that, you know. And I was thinking about how much those lyrics are in tune with creation. And so I was thinking about I mean, a lot of things. But I was thinking about, wow, you know, this is my favorite time of the year. And I, why is that? Well, you know, I think growing up on a farm, you were connected much more to the creation around you. That, you know, we, we just, you depended on it. You depended upon the Lord. You, 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 you went out and you planted and, you know, you took care of your crops and, you know, you looked to the Lord to send rain and all the things necessary. And so when fall came, it was like that time when you finally could see the blessing. And one of the things that, you know, growing up and this year, it's not quite working out for everybody, but one of the things farmers a lot of times did, at least my dad said, he wanted to be done by Thanksgiving with harvest. Well, there's probably a couple of reasons. Number one, it starts snowing after that. So, you know, it's kind of like it's a good time to be done. But I think there was also something about being done by Thanksgiving because that's when you really stopped and paused to thank God for all of his many blessings. Consequently, thinking about all that, I'm thinking about, and this is for parents, what can you do to instill in your children that God is still our provider? Because the reality is, your children have no clue if I set them down and talk to them about how I see God and his blessing and how, you know, we just kind of, our whole life was geared around what we did in seeing God's provision and then experiencing the blessing and thankfulness. So how do you do that to your children who have no connection to, the, to creation? I mean, you're, you're, you know, what do they say when you drive through a town at 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock in the afternoon? There's no kids out. And, you know, I, you know they're inside. And, you know, and I, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying they're inside on their electronic devices. What I'm saying is, you know, they've lost a connection to creation. Right. Now, I think it becomes important for parents then to instill in them that their phone is not their provider. You know, that their phone is not their provider. God is their provider. I'm not saying take their phones away and say, okay, that's it. You don't have to get your phone no more because you think, no. I'm just saying, talk to your children. Talk to them. How else are they going to know? You know, and maybe take a little time and walk outside. You know, walk outside and look at creation. Explain to them that God is our provider. This is my father's world. This is my father's world. Who's my, you know, this is my father's world. And just explain to them, you know, 
I think I think we have a bigger responsibility now since we're more disconnected from our father's world. You know, we think it's Walmart. You know, maybe you could walk around Walmart and say, this is my father's world. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Something wrong with that picture. But, but, you know, I mean, God provides through that. See what I'm saying? I'm not saying you can't do it, but, you know, that these things are here because God provides for us. It's his provision. And, and instill in them where, who's our source? And who's, who's the one we thank? Because otherwise, what's Thanksgiving? Well, I don't know. We get together and we just have a good time. Maybe we don't even get together. Maybe it's the day we go shopping at Walmart. I mean, that's just, honestly, that's, for some people, that's it. And that's, so, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying you can't shop at Walmart. But maybe you ought to somehow get your children to understand of why we're being thankful. What are we thankful for? I want to look at a scripture today. It's in Luke, the 17th chapter. Luke, the 17th chapter, beginning at the 11th verse. It says, Now it happened as Jesus went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there, he, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourselves to the priests. So it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned with a loud voice, glorifying God. And he fell down on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Weren't there ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found were, were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said, Arise, go your way, your faith has made you whole. Interesting. You know, this is a, a story of lepers. You know, lepers were unclean people. They had a, a skin disease, and because of that they were unclean and they were kept at a distance. You know, it says Jesus they were afar off and they were hollering out at Jesus, that's because they couldn't come near people because they had leprosy. They were, they were the outcasts. They were, they were rejected by society. Um, they were just put off and kept at a distance. People who nobody wanted to be around, probably for sometimes good reason, you know, because you didn't want to catch leprosy. You know, I mean, that wasn't all bad. But, you know, even at that, can you imagine what that would be like to live where keep people kept you at a distance, kept you afar off? You know, we don't have leprosy, but I think sometimes we have people in our society that we treat that way. That there's segments of our society who are kind of kept at a distance, afar off. And so these people, when Jesus went by, they, they must have known something about him. They must have maybe heard something or, or whatever, and they, they started yelling at him. Have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. You know, there's times in life when we just want God's mercy. You know, Lord, be merciful. Lord, we need your mercy. I think if we're honest, which, you know, we're not always honest. Sometimes we're brought to honesty, you know, but we're not always honest. If we were honest, we would realize that we always need his mercy. You know, it doesn't matter who we are and where we're at. 
We need His mercy. Lord, be merciful to us. And so they, they cried out to Him. And Jesus said, Go show yourselves to the priest. That was His only comment. He didn't say be healed. He didn't say, He just said, Go show yourselves to the priest. And they went. Let me suggest to you that that was a point of faith. That sometimes we've got to take a step. We've got to take a step. You know, sometimes you can pray and pray and pray and pray, but you've got to take a step. And Jesus said, just go show yourself to priests. And they went. You know, when the, when the Israelites were crossing the Red Sea, when did the Red Sea part? It parted when they stepped their foot in the water. Now, you and I, maybe, we might say, I'll step in there when it parts. You know? Now, I'm sure, I'm sure it, was a gentle, you know, it was a gentle thing, I, I think, I would assume. You know, otherwise it probably couldn't have got the chariots and everybody through there. That makes it a little easier. You can kind of dip your toe and take a step, I guess. You know, it's like, well, we'll test the water. You know, if it had been one of, if it had been a deep cliff and you take a step, why would have take a little more faith? But, you know, the point being that, you know, sometimes we got to exercise our faith. We just do what Jesus said. He said, go show yourself to the priests. Children of Israel, when they went around the uh, Jericho, you know, they did that by faith because they walked around Jericho six days. Six days walking. I don't know about you, but, you know, that took faith. I think it probably looked a little silly. I don't know. Or maybe not wise, but they walked around the city for six days. On the seventh day, God says, okay, today you're going to walk around it seven times today. I'll bet you if we'd have been there, we'd have said, now, wait a minute. I've already done this six days and nothing's happened. What do you want me to walk seven days? You know, it doesn't say anybody said that, but I don't know. There had to be some guy in there that said that because that's the way we are, you know? They're people. But they walked around at the seventh, the, on the seventh day seven times, and then the walls came down. There's times in your life and mine when we got to take a step. Got to take a step. Now, it's very important we hear what God says. Now, that for me, that's always the, the thing. Okay, Lord, is this really what you want me to do? And sometimes I don't know. I have to just go, you know, I think this is what God wants. There's times when I, if it's really, I don't know how to say this, but there's times when if it's really things that he wants, it almost compels us to do it. There's no question about it. That, you know what? I need to do this. I need to take a step. I need to put my faith into action. Otherwise, as Christians, a lot of times we want to just pray and think God's just going to bring us stuff. You know, we kind of pray and he just keeps bringing things to us. I believe a lot of times he says, no, you take a step. You take a step. And so these men, they took a step. And they went. Like Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest. They all went. They headed to the priest. They were obedient to what he said. On the way, they were healed, all ten of them. 
Okay? So he said, go to the priest. On the way, they're healed. One of them, one of them, and the one that came back was the misfit. The foreigner, the Samaritan. Samaritans, you know, it's bad enough being a leper, but if you're a Samaritan leper, that's like double jeopardy. I mean, it's like, man, you're, you're done twice. And so that guy saw what happened, and he turned around, and he came back to Jesus. And what does it say? He fell down on his feet, he worshiped him, and he thanked him. He recognized that he was the source. He was the source. The other nine were assuming were Jewish people, children, who should have maybe somehow known better, should have known that when they're healed like that, they ought to come back to the one being the one Jesus who said, go show yourselves and thank him. But the Samaritans seemed to know who Jesus was. He worshiped him. He recognized him as a source of his healing. And he thanked him. Over the years, I've seen people healed. I've seen people uh, lots of different ways. doesn't matter all about all that. But I've seen people healed. What I've noticed is some are thankful and some aren't. Now, you would think anybody that needed healing would be surely thankful when they were healed. I mean, that would, you know, if you're, if you're healed, you would be thankful. But what I've noticed is, and, and, you know, it was interesting to me that one out of ten came back. I don't think there's any significance there. Could have been 100 people healed, maybe only one came back. I don't know, you know. I don't know that 10%, you can't say. But what I've noticed is there are people who are healed, but nothing changes. Nothing changes. They're not thankful. They don't worship the one that healed them. They don't, they don't recognize him. They kind of just take their healing almost as, well, God's supposed to do that. And then I go on my way and live my life. That that's just how it is. That we pray when we need help. God heals us. And then we just go on. I think what we see here is that God would rather we would come back and stay with it, worship him, acknowledge him, and thank him, and thank him. I often wonder, and I don't know, and there's no way to know. I mean, God is so merciful, you know. Can you do that twice? I don't know, maybe. You know, can you, can you not thank him once and he still would heal you the second time? I probably, I don't know. I don't know. But what I do know is there doesn't seem to be a relationship. Doesn't seem to be a relationship. You know, this foreigner who shouldn't have been, shouldn't have been the one to recognize who Jesus was, he come back and he fell down and worshiped him. He recognized who Jesus was. And so I think it's important for us as Christians, as Christians, to have that same kind of dependency you know a lot of it's dependency acknowledging that god is our provider he's he's the source of all that we need we're dependent on him so when he provides for us we're thankful otherwise when we get things we're like well i guess i'm supposed to get that 
I guess that's just the way it is. Now, the world starts to say we're lucky. It's the roll of the dice. It's, you know, it's karma. I guess that's the new word, karma. You know, karma, I was going to say karma is a bunch of baloney. I'll say it's the Holy Spirit, folks, not karma. Okay, let me say it that way. You know, it's not karma. It's not just, well, it happens, and, and then if somebody does bad to me, then they're going to get it, you know. you know. No, it's the Holy Spirit. He's the one. He's the one. So when things happen, as Christians, we recognize that it's at God's hand. And so we thank Him. We're grateful. You can't make that happen. Celebrating Thanksgiving once a year is a great thing. I think we should. We probably should do it maybe at least in the spring. I don't know. <laughs> because it doesn't really make you thankful. Just because we do it doesn't make people thankful. You know, after today or after Thanksgiving on Thursday, on Friday, everybody's going to be thankful. We're just going to all of a sudden, because we celebrate Thanksgiving, we're now going to be thankful people. No, we set aside Thanksgiving as a nation to thank God as our provider. Now, we're getting further and further away from that because we don't believe it's God. We believe we're our own provider and we can take care of ourselves because we're America and we're great people and we're so wonderful and so smart. We're so much smarter than the rest of the world. And so we have all these things because it's America. And we just... We just get it because we're good people. That's how we think. That's how we think. What else are you going to think if God's not our provider? I don't know at what point God goes. I don't know. I don't know how he deals with all that. You know, I would like to think sometimes I know, but I don't know. I know he's not happy about that. Okay? Because he wants us to acknowledge him. You know, like this. He doesn't he he wants all 10 to come back and say Wow, Lord, thank you. Thank you. I recognize that you're my provider. You're the one. And I look to you and I trust you. I trust you. I trust you when things are tough and I trust you when things are going good. I trust you when I have and I trust you when I don't have. You're my provider. See, we've never gone through that. We've never gone through a time when we don't have pretty much. Now, some of us think we don't have enough. But, you know, thinking you don't have enough is not like not having it. Okay? I've, I've told the story before, but it just it's one that always sticks in my mind. Mary's uncle came over from Germany, and he used to tell about in Germany at Christmas, he says, we, they would get, we got an orange for Christmas. An orange. That's it. He says, we ate the orange and saved the peel and smelled it as long as we could. That's thankful. See, I mean, you know, you know, you, know, you think about today, you know, our kids. Man, they open presents so fast. Once they got one open, okay, where's the next one? I mean, I watch them and it's like, wow. There's so many and so much that it's even hard to be thankful because we just got so much. But we need to be thankful if we have. 
We still need to recognize that God is a provider. And we need to be thankful if we have not. And recognize that God is still our provider. We still look to him. We look to him. The Apostle Paul says, I've learned to be content in whatever state I'm in, whether I have or I don't have. I'm content. I'm thankful. I'm happy. It's not a condition of having. You know, I'm thankful if I get the right thing. I'm thankful. I'm thankful if I got everything I wanted. You know, it's a great, it's a great Christmas if I get everything I want. You know, try an orange on your kids once. See how that works. I'm not saying you should, but, you know, there's things we can do to teach our children. There's things we can do. Encourage them to be thankful. Encourage them to consider what they get and who's our provider, who's their provider. That God is their provider, too. And they need to recognize him. And they will see it if we live it out. In Matthew, the 12th chapter, Matthew, the 12th chapter, the 33rd verse, it says, either, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for a, for a tree is known by its fruit. Brood of vipers, how can you bring, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. You can't make people happy and thankful. It comes from the heart. It comes from the heart. As parents, you can teach your children to say thank you, and you should. You can teach them to be thankful. But I want to tell you something. They're only going to be thankful as it becomes a part of their heart. As they see God is their provider, they're thankful to him. They're thankful to people around them. And they become thankful people because it's in their heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Have you ever heard someone say thank you when you knew they didn't really mean it? Of course you have. You know, you know people say, oh, thank you. You know, you know, they didn't really mean that. You know, they didn't really mean it. They said it because they thought it was the right thing at the time or whatever. Or maybe they thought they was going to get more. If they, you know, I don't know what. There's all kind of motives for saying thank you. Sometimes maybe they said it because it seemed proper. And that's a good thing. I'm not against that. But I'm just telling you, you won't be thankful people until it's in your heart. Until it's in your heart. Until you recognize that God is the source. That God is the source. And we're thankful. We're thankful for what we have and for what he provides for us. And it produces a fruit of thankfulness. A fruit of, of contentment. Contentment. In 1 Thessalonians, in 1 Thessalonians, the 5th chapter, the 18th verse. It says, in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In everything give thanks. In everything. Think about this past year. Were there things that happened to you that you didn't like? You know, probably. Unless you just had a super duper year. But you know, probably there was things you didn't like. Probably somebody didn't treat you right. Probably you didn't get your fair recognition. Probably somebody just didn't say the right thing at the right time. The Bible says, in everything, give thanks. 
in everything. Don't be grumbling and complaining. You know, oh, it's so easy to grumble and complain. So easy. And the world around us, just listen for a while and see if you don't think the world around you grumbles and complains a lot. You know, just listen to people that aren't thankful. Just listen to them. They grumble and complain about everything. Everything. It's almost like they're mad all the time. They're always complaining. But it says for us as God's people, we're to be thankful, give thanks in everything. This is the will of God. This is what God wants. He wants us to be thankful people so that because it's what's in me, I'm thankful. It's what's in me. You know, it's who we are. It's who we are. Now, will you, will you fail once in a while? Yes. But you know, if it's who you are, it's who you're going to be most of the time because it's who you are. I've had people sometimes say, well, I think you said this or this four months ago. And I'll, I'll think back and listen to what they're saying. And I'll go, you know, I don't remember saying that. But I don't think I would say that because that's not really who I am. You know what I'm saying? That's not really how I think. So I don't think I said that, you know, because of who I am. And that's who we need to be. Who are we? Who are we? We're a thankful people. We're thankful people because of what God has done. And he's the source. Psalm 107. Psalm 107, verse 8. Psalm 107, verse 8 says, Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Now, if you have nothing to be thankful for, you can always be thankful that God is good. Always. You say, well, I have nothing to be thankful for. Then you don't understand who the Lord is. Oh, give thanks to the Lord because he is good. He is good. He's always good. Always good. No matter what's going on. No matter what, in everything, things aren't always the way I want them. Things don't always happen the way I want. But in that, I can give thanks. And if nothing else, because the Lord is good. The Lord is good. You know, as we come to Thanksgiving and we we think about being thankful, we think about what's it take to be thankful? Why are you thankful? Are you thankful? A lot of things to consider. Just think about it. I believe we're thankful because who God is. You know, if I look around without him, without him, if I look around, I can find a whole bunch of things not to be thankful for. I can find all kinds of things to grumble about. And sometimes I do. You know, I look around. Well, this isn't right, and that's not right. You know, but in the midst of that, I have to remind myself that the Lord is good, and he's in charge, and I look to him. I don't look at what's going on. I'm just, I think about, you know, being related to the farm community and out of the farm community and still connected to the farm community, you know, to me, it's a great example, but, you know, last spring, there was not much to give thanks for. 
You know, last spring it looked ugly. It was ugly. It didn't look ugly. It was ugly. I mean, it was raining and raining and raining. The farmers here, you know, they all, yeah, it was raining, raining. And, you know, you're, they're thinking, wow, some didn't even plant their crops. They said it's just too bad. It's just a mess. You know, some planted their crops. What's interesting is now, what in this area, I don't know, I can only speak for what I know. But, you know, in this area, there's much to be thankful for. Interesting. Last spring, didn't look very, look very thankful. You know, I remember the guy that farms mine, which I won't mention his name, but half of you know him, so I'm sorry about that, Tim. <laughs> um, but, you know, I remember him calling me, and he was pretty depressed. You know, things just look, they look bad. And he was not happy. <laughs> You know, kind of gets to you. That's your life. You know, you know, for most of us sitting here, it's like, what's the big deal? That's their livelihood. I mean, it's, we're not talking. We're talking their livelihood. So he was like, wow, this looks bad. Well, I got to ride a combine with him the other day. And every time I ride, he goes, I can't believe it. He goes, I can't believe it. He said, the crops are just so much better than I would have ever thought. He said, the Lord has been so good. So good. You know, now, and I'm not faulting him. You know, I would say the same thing, and it is important to say that. Now, in the midst of, in everything, when it was raining and raining and raining and raining and raining, to give thanks was tough. I don't know. But in the midst of that, now, riding the combine and harvesting the crops, it's like, oh, the Lord is good. And he is. He is. The Lord is good. And we see his hand in what we have. And he provides. And we're thankful. We're thankful. But we're thankful in everything. Now that's the harder part. Thankful when I couldn't see it. You know, that's the hard part. Very difficult. But that's what we need to be is always remember. In everything, in everything, give thanks. Because the Lord is good. He's good. He's good to us. We're going we're gonna to just close now. I was going to say dismiss. Don't leave. I can't eat all that food. But uh, we're going to uh, transition. I guess that's the word. Transition to lunch. And so the ladies know that uh, we're getting about ready for lunch. Um, Carol Jividen's going to come up. Where's Carol? Come on up. I think she's going to introduce her her uh, dance for us. She's gonna make, she says she's going to make us smile. Of course, she wore a shirt that says smile. So that, that's, not, that's not fair. That's not fair. So come on up, Carol. And she's... She's going to share with us, and uh, when she's done, I'm going to come back up, and we're going to pray for the meal, and then we're going to we're going to uh, just start eating. But go ahead.